BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $175 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years older to purchase player client. We need to move our criminal justice system into the direction of the 21st century. His special directives that he's enacted has given criminals kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card. We need to use science and data in order to address public safety of violent crime. Uh, his data and science is completely flawed. Nobody's safe in Los Angeles because of, of District Attorney Gaston. You will see that not only have I enhanced public safety. I'll get that name on my face. That's a chap right there. I am absolutely outraged at the lies that Mr. Gaston is spewing. He has no business implementing laws of his own personal choice, which we voted against. We've done so in a way that is much more both physically and socially responsible. Not only is he breaking the law, but he is not doing what he is supposed to do as a district attorney, and that is protect his victim. He is in the wrong office. He should have been a public defender. He's voted in. He can be voted out. Salute. Celebrating us going home on this Gaskin direct. Crime is at a historic low in this nation. It's a historic low in the state. That's a bunch of baloney to me. And now... For an update on the recall of L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon, here's John and Ken. John Cobalt, Ken Shampoo, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The uh, There's a unit uh, with the uh, L.A. County District Attorney's Office known as the Lifer Unit. It's a victim's advocacy team. And these uh, deputy DAs who work in the Lifer Unit, they're supposed to help high-level crime victims, or the next of kin of the victims, in appearing at parole hearings, victim impact statements. Um, to, also to, keeping them up to date in developments in the case, like hearings and possible parole. Yeah. Kind of basic stuff for victims to want to know about the criminals that uh, harmed them or their families. Gascon thinks there's no reason 
for victims of crimes or relatives of victims to get this assistance anymore. No more help at parole hearings, no more victim impact statement help, um, no more notifications on uh, inmates being released, nothing. Members of the leadership team in Gascon's administration had deemed it no longer appropriate for the DA's office to keep victims of crime, such as those who lost family members to murderers and other violent acts, informed about the suspect's possible parole and release. They can work their cases through October, but there was no November calendar of assignments, nothing moving forward. Because they want a news blackout when bad guys are released. Because often we find out about someone who's up for parole from the victim's family. They tell us, for example, and other media outlets that this is happening, which then sometimes causes trouble, causes a backlash. So what they want to do is is, is uh, choke that uh, that information pipeline. Uh, let's. Get... Oh, and they they also just don't believe the victims should have this information because yeah. because the criminals are now cured. They're going to be uh, members of society. They're going to rejoin. They're going to be perfect citizens, and you shouldn't even know their whereabouts or anything about them anymore. They served their time. None of your business. All right, let's talk to John Lewin now, LA County Deputy DA. John, how are you? I hung up on John. Could, you do could, that like once a week. Yes, I know. I even we, put him up before. I you. know. I sometimes they're in the habit of the old way we do things, where I click a button, and you now should, when I click no, the you should button, tie your hands behind your back when we're having guests. Uh, I know. So you do not get in your old I habits. Should, I yes, I know. Well, anyway, it's John, of bad. course, is a deputy DA, and he's been on our show a few times. Uh, clearly, not happy with his boss, the LA County district attorney and he can tell us more about the lifer unit and what they do and how this is just another stab in the back of victims and victims families well he's here now john john you there i'm there i'm there it's uh for a second i had a flashback like i was dating and uh you know another woman hung up the phone on me yeah that's john sorry about that <laughs> what? all right uh this this really seems uh abusive here too I, I mean this is the help for the victims and the victims families after 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 the conviction so let, let me just start off by by saying that i wake up every day to find out what has this guy done now it's a never-ending chorus of an abuse of victims' rights that just goes every day there's something new. Let me just start off by explaining uh, what this unit is, and I want to talk about a woman named Jessica Corday just very briefly. In 2009, in April, her 18-year-old son, Marquise LeBlanc, was killed by a group of 10 Latino gang members while attending a party in Pomona. They didn't just kill him. They beat him with boards and sticks. He had blunt force trauma to his head, multiple fatal stab wounds, non-fatal stab wounds, a gunshot wound to his head. They stabbed him in the heart. They robbed him. Then they pulled his pants down, and they left him in the street naked. Now, this, he was not a gang member. This young man's crime, that he was brutally just treated worse than you treat an animal, was that he was, he was a black kid who was dancing with some Latino uh, girls at a birthday party. So this case was originally prosecuted by uh, John McKinney, who's a fellow member of our Major Crimes Division, one of the best lawyers in our office, the guy who 
just uh, handled Nipsey Hussle's case. There were 10 gangsters involved. One of them was a guy named Martin Haro. Now, due to George Gascon's directives, Jessica Corday, his mom, had to go to Haro's parole hearing last year by herself. And let me explain what that meant. That meant that no representative of the DA's office was allowed to go there with her to help prepare her, to let her know how this guy had done in prison. She knew nothing. And what she had to do in preparation for this was she had to go through, and I've talked to John and I've talked to Jessica. For years, Jessica had never seen the photographs of what they had done to her son. John had made sure she didn't see them. She didn't want to see them because what you learn, guys, is that when victims, when, when relatives see their horribly mutilated son, daughter, etc., that's the last image they had. But in preparation for this hearing, that's what she had to do. She had to go through these photographs. She had to be ready because when she walks into that room, she is facing a defense attorney on the other side and individuals who have a bunch of information she doesn't have. So that was the situation that she found herself in. Why? Because George Gascon, on his first day in office, ordered that we were not allowed, no DAs could attend whatsoever, any parole hearing, if they were opposing parole. So that is kind of how this unit works. What they do is they try and they assist victims next of kin in being made aware of what is going on with these cases, in being told when there's going to be a plea, they have to be given notice. And this all goes back to Marcy's Law. And Marcy's Law was passed again in 2008. Uh, Mary Nicholas was a 21-year-old UCSB uh, student. She was murdered by her former boyfriend. Her mother found out that the killer was released on bail when she ran into him at the grocery store. There was no notice. So what Marcy's Law says is that these victims have a right to reasonable notice of all public proceedings, and this includes parole hearings. So what ended up happening is that George Gascon came into office, and he immediately said, we can't attend these anymore. Now, just so you know, the LADA's office has been attending parole hearings to support victims and necks of kin since 1978, when... Uh, one of my former bosses, Steve Kay, attended the Patricia uh, Krenwinkel, who was a Manson family parole hearing. Now, these parole hearings, when you go there, there are two board of uh, parole hearing commissioners. It's a quasi-legal proceeding. It is very daunting. The victims, they don't know what's going on. They don't have a lawyer. The inmate has a lawyer. Every large county in the state sends prosecutors with these victims and notifies these victims of what is going on, every single one, uh, except in Los Angeles. And these prosecutors perform a critical function at these parole hearings because the victims are coming in there, the family members, and they don't know what's going on. They don't know the procedures. They're very intimidating. And most of all, they don't have all the information of either the uh, parolees, um, uh, criminal record. They don't know how he's been behaving in prison. They don't know what the risk assessment has said. They don't know anything, and they're not lawyers. So now, with no discussion, with no consultation, George Gascon comes in, and he says, 
DAs can no longer go to these hearings. But that wasn't good enough for him. So he continues with this, starting, and by the way, we do about 250 of these per month, just Los Angeles. Uh, I didn't lose you guys, did I? No, I no, we're, we're, you're holding us. Actually, uh, John, can you hold on? Hold on, because, we'll continue this after, uh, after the yeah. news. This is John sure, Lewin. Absolutely, guys. Absolutely. L- L.A. County Deputy District Attorney John Lewin, who was on our show, one of the many in the DA's office not happy with his boss, George Gascon, telling us about the latest atrocity. They want to dissolve a victim's advocacy team in the L.A. County D.A.'s office. It's really cruel. Oh, a chance for money is next to the keyword. John and Ken, KFI. We're going to continue with uh, John Lewin, a deputy D.A. in L.A. County. Uh, he works under Gascon, and Gascon announced that he's dismantling the Lifer unit. That is the victim's advocacy team. They go to court with the victims of high-level crimes, or the next of kin goes in the event that the uh, their their relative was killed in a crime, to show up at parole hearings, and to uh, deliver impact statements and and other things, uh, keep you abreast of upcoming hearings, parolees being released. So let's continue with uh, with, with with John Lewin here. Well, this is a particularly cold and cruel uh, decision by Gascon, as you laid out what it's like for the um, like the mother of of a of a boy who's been been murdered, and what she has to go through alone without representation. Uh, it, it's it's just it, it turned my stomach, made me really sad and sick listening to it. Um, and you say th- th- this is the only county in California doing this. So every other county of any size at all, sends prosecutors up there to represent the victims so that we are basically making sure that individuals who should not get paroled uh, don't get paroled. And I should add that these individuals who are up for parole, these are people serving almost exclusively life sentences. These are the worst of the worst. Really? And, And what you get, guys, is... There is an assessment, there's a risk assessment that is done by a psychologist that is given, the commissioners have it, the defense attorney has it, the prosecutors have it. The victims, if they come out there, the family members, they will not have it. They don't know how this person's performed in prison. They know nothing, no information whatsoever. And I was telling you that on the first day in office, uh, Gascon says we can no longer go up there to oppose parole. Now, for a while, at least the attorneys in the lifer unit were still able to notify victims of next of kin that the parole hearings were coming, and they were able to still share with these individuals information from the documents. Now, they couldn't give over the documents, but for instance, they could tell you, they could tell the, the um, next of kin, hey, listen, this guy has had a lot of problems in prison, this person, their risk assessment, um, uh, there were issues, et cetera. Now, the commissioners already know and the defense attorney already knows, but this was done so that the victims would have an idea of exactly the information they had. The other role that the prosecutors play is that the prosecutors know far more about these cases than the commissioners do. So if you have a defendant or his attorney who are trying to misrepresent something, either factually or legally, the prosecutors are in a position to say, hey, wait a minute, that's not true. So what happens? Well, Gascon doesn't like it because we're still finding out about these cases. And in fact, 
for sheriff's cases, the sheriff, Sheriff Villanueva, was sending up investigators to act as victims' representatives. They're not lawyers, but they at least have more experience than these next of kin by themselves. So in July of 2021, he completely cut all DDAs in the office from access to the documents from uh, the Department of Corrections. Now, what does that mean? It means that we don't even get information to be able to share what's going on with these inmates. And by the way, there's one exception. Diana Turan, who came over from the PD's office, she is now the gatekeeper for all this sensitive information. So she gets it, but nobody else does. Now, why is this being done? Well, we know why all this is being done. Because basically what is happening is that George Gascon and the public defenders who work for him now want to free as many inmates as possible. How do they do that? Well, they're going around to different courts trying to get sentences reduced, trying to get as many individuals to be able to get parole hearings as possible. But the problem for them is when they do that, well, we still know about it. Prosecutors know about it. Investigators know about it. So what they're trying to do now is they are trying to make it so that even the prosecutors don't hear about it, and they know, and let me give you a, a stat that's extremely important, about only 25% of victims in Los Angeles are registered with the Department of Corrections to be notified about parole hearings. Now, why is that? Well, one of the reasons is because it turns out that when your family member is brutally murdered, that a lot of people are not in a position when the trial happens to say, gosh, you know what? Please give me the updates and let me know what's happening. They're too traumatized. The Gasconianist people know that. So what they want to do is they want to make it so that the prosecutors in the office and law enforcement, that nobody knows, and they can do all of their little games in the dark. They can free inmates. We won't even find out about it. You know how we'll find out. We'll find out when some of these people that they've let out reoffend. Yeah. Commit some crime, and then, and then, by the way, we'll get you know some crap from Gascon like we did on the El Monte case, That's where he talks know. about, yeah, where yeah we didn't know they were violent. Know. Right? Yeah, this is, yeah. this well, is well, so well, sickening. More, well, more than that, guys, where he where he lies and basically says that as if he conducted some analysis, the uh, Flores in El Monte could have been Charles Manson. He could have had. 20 murders prior to that, and we would have had to obstruct the strikes because that was his rule. So this is what's going on. They are now attempting. So we're going to have no life reunit at all. It, it is amazing to me. And by the way, when you look at Marcy's Law, we have an obligation as prosecutors to make sure that victims are made aware. Do you know what Gascon is saying? He is saying, well, that's the Department of Corrections' uh, job. It's not our job or responsibility to let victims know. Well, so are you saying then that you don't want them to know? So if we can't trust CDCR to get the job done, which we can't, why would you be opposed to having us notify these victims when Marcy's Law says they have an absolute right to be there? You know what his response is? Unless they've registered with CDCR, and CDCR is going to contact them, it's not our role. Now, you ask yourselves why that is. It's because he doesn't want anybody to know what he is up to. It is offensive. It is disgusting. 
And again, it's being done in the dark. All right, All right John, we wait, appreciate you just uh, and one, your passion. One quick thing. Uh, wait, 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 let me, let, me, let me just add one last thing, guys. Yeah. So uh, my friend uh, John McKinney actually had legislation that, of course, the California legislature killed – which would have required all DA's offices in the county to themselves notify victims and their next of kin of parole hearings. Of course, the legislature, who, by the way, is the other big problem uh, that we have uh, in addition to Mr. Gascon, they killed it and buried it. How is that justice for anybody? It's horrible. John, thank you for coming on. Thank you. All right. Uh, More coming up on the John and Ken Show. We'd like to formally welcome you to the rest home of old Joe. Welcome to Bidenville, everyone. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. Um, what am I doing here? There's a man on the moon or whatever, you know, something, or you know, whether those aliens are here or not. What, what I can't remember it. Anyway, I, I commuted every single day for 36 years as Vice President of the United States. A lot of the folks in Amtrak became my family. Not a joke. I was on the television. On television, I was on the telephone. I'm not. I'm not supposed to take any questions. But go ahead. I was in the foot him, uh, foot, 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 me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping. For Secretary of Health and Education, I nominated Javier Bacaria. President Harris is a proud Howard alum. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. I got them. One point. Kleptocracy and clip the guys who are the kleptocracies. (laughs) And now, to give you a tour of Bidenville before your extended stay, here's John and Ken. Our daily analysis of the ravages of dementia, John and Ken show. John Cobell, Ken Shampoo, KFI, AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. It must be the time difference. Well, uh, he was on a roll today in uh, in Israel. Yeah, well, we got a couple of clips to play of Joe Biden. You are right. And um, they are real. Well, they may be added to the desk. Who knows? But uh, oh, well, the f- <laughs> I think the first one, definitely. Uh, well, we're going to actually start with the one about the polls. That's what right. you're referring to. Well, uh, well, no, the the first one on our sheet, I think, ought to be. Yeah, we'll today. get to that yeah, one. But okay. I think the first one is even better. The one we're going to play first, because uh, after Joe, I guess, <clears throat> landed in Israel, I think that's where this happened. The New York Times ran a big story and they did some intensive polling. The New York Times and Siena College, and one of the things that they revealed is that 64% of Democrats do not want Biden to run in 2024. That's important to remember, because that's the context of the question coming from ABC News' Ben Gittleson, who pointed this out to Joe, and Joe got a little worked up. Let's listen. Mr. President, what's your message to Democrats who don't want you to run again? They want me to run. Two-thirds say they don't. Read the polls. Read the polls, Jack. You guys are all the same. That poll showed that 92% of Democrats, if I ran, would vote for me. A majority of Democrats say they don't want you to run again in 2024. 92% said if I did, they'd vote for me. That's called (laughs) cherry-picking. By the way, that was the part of the poll where Democrats and Democrats only were specifically asked, if it's Joe Biden against Donald Trump, who are you voting for? Well, what do you think they said? 92% picked Biden. Right, but 64% don't want... uh, 
Joe to run at all. Right. The bigger question is, they, do you they, want Biden to run in 2024? And 64% of Democrats said no. They don't want to get to the point where he's running against And Gilson asked the question correctly. But Biden decided to mm. veer over to another part of the poll, the which way. was irrelevant. He said, look at the polls, Jack. The yeah, reporter, guy's name is, name yeah, is Jack. But, well, the reporter's name was Ben. But he just, yeah. That's his, you know how people say Bub or Mac or Dope. <laughs> yeah, you're right. yeah, he wanted to say jackass. That's right. Look at the polls, Jack. I'll All right, now the you. one that John was excited about. Uh, Biden did land in Israel, and he immediately began to speak, and he wanted to talk about, of course, what would be very important to people in Israel to always remember the horrors of the Holocaust. But this is how it went. I will once more return to the hollow ground of Yad Shabbat. I will once more return to the hollow ground of Yad Vashem to honor six million Jewish lives were stolen in the genocide and continue, which we must do every, every day, continue to bear witness. To keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust, horror of the Holocaust, honor those we lost. <laughs> the honor. Yes, we must honor the Holocaust. He was quick to say, went to horror. Play that again. I will once more return to the hollow ground of Yad Vashem. Oh, that's a good one. To honor six million Jewish lives were stolen in the genocide and continue, which we must do every, every day, continue to bear witness. To keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust, horror of the Holocaust. No. Honor those we lost. Keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust. This is one of the first things he said after he got off of Air Force One. So you might be right. He might be suffering from yeah, jet lag. and Very late at night for him. He's been told by his doctors not to shake a lot of hands because of all the COVID going around. But right. I understand it didn't last long. He did shake the hand of Netanyahu. When he well, got off. it looks kind of stupid if he's doing fist bumps or elbow fist bumps. Bumping, yeah, right. that's, that's undignified. Mm. All we, right, and the final clip we have of Joe. Uh, this is a real head scratcher, and I'm not even sure how to explain it. But let's just play this, and we'll talk about it. Mr. President, what's your message? Mr. President. Oh, folks, uh, you know, you don't have to stand every time I hear hail to the chief wonder, where the hell is he? Took me a long while. <laughs> you think I'm joking? I'm not. Turn around and where, where's, where's the president? Um, <laughs> you heard some laughter, but I think a lot of people were puzzled. Well, uh, well they, they must have played Hail to the Chief before his entrance. Yeah. And so he but said, he is the president, so why does he right. have to look around and say, where the hell is In the president? In other words, he's not used to being the president. So when he oh, hears he it, he reflexively turns around to see if the president is walking in. Oh, even he knows it's over. And then he realizes, oh, wait, I'm the president. Yeah. They're playing that where, for where's, me. Where's the president? Yeah, you're right. That's right. They're playing that for me. <laughs> he's forgotten he's the president. Or he realizes that he's lucky to be president. It shouldn't have happened. <laughs> He should be recalled if we could do that. No, nobody should be playing that song. Where's Where's the president? <laughs> where's the president? <laughs> where's Where's the president? A Yahoo News YouGov poll has also come out today. Eighteen percent of all those polled said Biden should run again. Eighteen <laughs> percent of of everybody. Everybody polled the lowest number to date. Eighteen percent. Of the whole 
public. The public voting public. Uh, these were adults. 1,672 adults mm-hmm. who were surveyed said that only, only 18% said Biden should bother again in 24. 64% said he should bow out. I guess the difference is people that had no opinion. Wow. And uh, Democrats in this poll, 41% say don't run for a second term. 35 said yes. So you know, that's a you know what's funny is, is the Democratic voters, they selected him. There were many candidates running. There were other options. They picked him. They did because they, they, they thought he could beat Trump, and they were right. right. And they were right. He did beat Trump. That's and, all that and, mattered. Then. But look, look at their. Well, you got to think ahead a little bit. No, 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 no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Let's go to day two. Okay, day one, he beats Trump. Now day two. We don't worry about day two. They were obsessed with Trump for four years. If they didn't get him out, they would be crying and taking to the streets and cutting their hair again. That's all that mattered. Let's not worry about day two. It's like good judgment among the Democratic voters. You picked a winner. I mean, I mean, right. And of course, the theory was, well, let's give him a good vice president in case, you know, he uh, has yeah. to resign. Yeah. Uh, that didn't work either. Right. Where's, where's the president? Right. And all, all, right. all the delegates picked her. All right, we got more coming up. Yeah, I'd like to. Uh, everybody should trust them again next time around. Uh, good track record. John and Ken show. KFI. A reminder that the Moist Line is coming back around. It's day after tomorrow already. You can use the iHeartRadio app to uh, leave a message, or you can call 1 877 Moist 86, 1 664 7886. One of the worst stories that came out yesterday was surveillance footage from the hallway of the school in Uvalde, Texas where the shooter killed 19 school children and two adults at Robb Elementary School. And it was proof that the cops literally did just stand around, checking their phone, using hand sanitizer. Doing nothing. When they heard shots, some of them ran the other way, away from the classroom. It's mesmerizing in its own weird way. Grown men standing, doing nothing. What also Uh, amazed me is that the mayor of Uvalde, his name is Don McLaughlin, was upset because the media released the video. It was going to come out anyway in a few days, but it got leaked early by a newspaper and a TV station down in Texas, and he was all worked up over that. Yeah, that's that's who to get angry about, the media releasing newsworthy video. Yeah, and he got mad at the Texas Department of Public Safety for their investigation. He has not. not, I don't think he said anything about this police response, which was a criminal, really. He didn't get mad at the cops standing there. So what's wrong with him? Another guy in power in government, and he, he's he's got ten screws loose. The only people to be angry with are the cops and 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 the leaders of each force who stood there. So Jim Ryan, ABC News for KFI, will join us. He's been in Texas uh, covering this story, and we'll get the latest on this uh, surveillance footage at five oh five. Right after that, your chance. At some money with the keyword, the final one of the day here on KFI for a chance at $1,000. Another big story today concerning Biden, and he's not in the country, which is kind of funny because guess who went to Washington, D.C. and Biden's gone? Newsom. Newsom is going to spend a few days in Washington, D.C. and pretend he's president? I, I, I don't know. It's sort of like it's kind of embarrassing. Not that Biden would have met with him anyway. You would think a top Democratic governor might have had an audience with the with the president to talk about things, but uh, he goes when Biden's in in the Middle East. Uh, no, he that did that on purpose. purpose. No, he did it on purpose. 
He did it. Newsom did or Biden did? Biden. Newsom. Newsom goes to Washington because right now there's a news vacuum there. Biden is in Israel. The time zones are upside down. They're not going to cover Newsom in D.C. Oh, there was all kinds of stories about him today. No, I had those printed. There was no mainstream coverage. I checked the news today, the TV news. Not really. But but it was it was printed in these stories that he was. I know, but they're like buried in deep sections of the of the websites. It's Washington Post. Newsom taps into liberal fury and sparks talk of presidential run. That's exactly what he wanted. That's perfect. That's what he was aiming for. And if you go to the Washington Post website, let me see here, and let's see if we can even find that story, because we probably had to dig for it under the politics section or something like that. That doesn't matter. It's not on the front page. It doesn't matter anymore, because Drudge, for example, puts a link to it. That's how people find stories now. They don't wade through websites page by page. The aggregators who uh, in, on political sites. And, and, and this That's is... on the front page of Drudge, that story? Wow, he's desperate. Well, <laughs> yeah, he, he runs it. But all the political people, this is to let the political people in, around the country know that I'm running for president. I'm going to be a force. And and yeah, you have to hit the Washington Post politics section right, to see the story. Right, right, right. That makes you a, a real contender. That the Post bothered to spend time on you. So okay, I'm the real deal because he's got to raise a lot of money. He's got to put together a, a network of supporters, a network of volunteers, fundraisers. But the first thing everybody has to know: okay, is he really doing it? So the U.S. inflation rate hit 9.1 percent, which was big news early this morning. For those of us here, it's been reported that the L.A. Orange County inflation rate was 8.6%. Better than the national rate, but also the worst since March of 1982. And the last time they released a report for the Inland Empire was in May, because they do it every other month. It was 9.4% for Riverside and San Bernardino counties. So you can see in some places in Southern California, or worse than the national average, some places a little better. And in case you haven't heard, the Biden administration response was, oh, that's out of date. Gas prices have been going down in July, so we'll be doing better soon. Thank you. That was pretty much their whole response. <laughs> All right, coming up they're, next. You know, because they, they're, they're powerless. Uh, Jim Ryan, ABC News for KFI, will be our guest to talk about the response to a newspaper and a TV station in Texas, releasing the surveillance video from inside the school building where the shooter killed 19 school children and two adults. Some are outraged. They're just outraged that this video got released. More coming up. John and Ken, KFI. Deborah Mark It's live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom, KFI AM 640. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Ugh, another pointless video call where nothing gets done. I think you're on mute, David. Uh, oh, sorry. What did I miss? IT just approved Miro for the whole company. Miro? That's the... Online whiteboard. 
for team collaboration. We can make these long video meetings so much shorter with Miro boards. We can share ideas, feedback, and updates on them whenever. Actually see what we're talking about. It's all online. Miro will make our flexible work setup so much easier. With one virtual space for our brainstorms, projects, presentations. Oh, that sounds kind of amazing. So I don't need to wake up for 6 a.m. calls with the London office anymore. Now you're getting it. Don't let time zones get in the way of your team working well together. See why 99% of the Fortune 100 trust Miro to get good work done from anywhere. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.